Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be talking about the 2022 movie, Lightyear. Well, I'll start off by saying I'm a huge Pixar fan. I like just about everything they've ever made, except, well, a couple of the Cars movies were just okay. But even when they miss, it's better than most people's hits. I mean, really, Pixar, you get the full Monty in one of their movies. You get good characters, emotional arcs, um, usually incredible you know, animation and special effects. So I'm a Pixar fan. This movie does not rank up there with the best of Pixar, but it's certainly not down there at the bottom of Pixar, and it might have been a victim of some of this current social media, culture, news, whatever you want to call it, talking about one aspect of the movie that really didn't make one difference one way or the other. The movie was not a huge box office success. It made its money back, but that was it. It didn't make its marketing back. It had a budget of $200 million. It grossed 226 worldwide. Not a lot, especially. But serious competition as people were going back to the movies. Uh, some people said it was nobody wanted to take their families back to the movies, but two weeks later, another family movie opened and did better. Um but it did. It was running at the same time as like the new Jurassic World movie and the latest Top Gun movie that shattered records. So there's part of that. Part of it too, like I said, people seem to concentrate on the little things that all of a sudden somebody takes off and runs with. So I'll get to that part later. I'm a huge fan of the Toy Story movies. I didn't expect this movie to get to the emotional heights of three and four or the depth either. And it, you know, what they were shooting for was to make a science fiction movie. A Pixar science fiction movie, but a science fiction movie that throws back to old science fiction adventure movies because they wanted to tell the origin story of this, well, this character that the toy in Toy Story is based on. There's a little card that pops up at the beginning that says Andy saw this movie and it was his favorite movie and he bought the toy and, and this is the movie that he saw that made him buy the toy. Some people have said, you know, they didn't put Tim Allen in the movie or it's not like Toy Story. Well... I think the setup kind of, kind of tells you this is not Toy Story. It doesn't have really any connective tissue to Toy Story other than the fact that some of the characters have been made into toys that were in Toy Story. <laughs> I think perception plays a lot into this. I have a very close friend who didn't really like the movie because, it well, it wasn't Toy Story. So... I didn't see the movie when it was in theaters. I knew it was coming to Disney+, Plus, and there was a cool 4K steelbook coming out, and I was like, well... Usually with the Pixar movies, you know, they usually knock it out of the park. I like, love Inside Out, Soul, some of their more recent movies. So let's, you know, I'll give it a shot. So by the time that the 4K came out, it was already on Disney+. Plus. The reviews were coming out. People were disappointed. It's at 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% on Metacritic, 6 out of 10 on IMDb. 55% of Google users liked it. I find all of that fascinating. Critics love the movie for the most part. People just didn't really go see it. I also think there's a huge difference between watching a movie on streaming and seeing a movie in the theater. For me, a movie gets much more import. I'm about to watch um, Bullet Train at home, and I'm kind of looking forward to it, but not looking forward to it because I saw it in a decent theater, and it rocked. Great surround sound, you know, great picture. And I have a decent setup at home, so, you know, it's not going to be too terrible. But still, 
movies that you enjoy in the theater take on bigger import, bigger gravitas. It's just watching in an auditorium with other people kind of thing that you don't get in streaming when you can pause it and go pee or go pop some popcorn or answer little Susie's question or whatever. There are interruptions. You don't get to focus on it. You're not in an auditorium environment where you're focusing solely on this movie for an hour and a half to two hours. And so streaming, to me, is a whole different thing. People go, did you watch this movie? Well, yeah, but I'm waiting to watch it, you know, on 4K or watching it in the theater. Well, I'll just stream it. Okay, well, to me, that's that's like watching a TV show or waiting for the movie to come on TV. It's just not the same for me. So I waited to watch this till I could watch it on disc, and I was downloading a video game. <laughs> they gave away a free video game on one of the services I'm subscribed to, and so my internet, I'm in Alaska, don't have the fastest internet here unless I want to pay through the nose, and I don't really want to pay through the nose yet, so um, don't have the speediest download. And I was downloading a game, and it really I wasn't going to be able to stream very well for the next couple of hours. The five gigabyte game actually downloaded quite quickly, and I was shocked with that. Um, I understand that our local internet companies notice when we're doing something like that, streaming or downloading something, and they buffer it on their end and kind of stream it to us faster, which is, I don't know, I think that's kind of cool, but don't know if that's entirely true. That's a technical thing outside of my pay grade. So I waited and waited and waited. And by the time I get ready to watch Lightyear, it's just, I feel like a science fiction movie. I have no... um excitement about it, anticipation of it. So many of my friends are going, eh, one of my friends, I'm not even going to watch it. Okay, well, you know. I'm I'm a fan of Chris Evans and Taika Waititi and James Brolin and a few of the other voices that are in it. And, and Angus McLean, who's worked on Pixar movies, had this idea. So I was going to give it a shot, right? So I finally sat down to watch it. And immediately I'm struck at how beautiful the movie is. Wow, the $200 million is all up on the screen and probably some of the voice talent, but... It looks fantastic. If they didn't try and make the people look blocky, cartoony, it would have looked photorealistic. Um, but that's part of animation. These days, we can make things look almost perfect. So let's have some creative artwork and make it, you know, it, it at its heart is kind of a young adult kids movie anyway. Make it cartoony, but the way the light refracts off things and reflects off things. And there was a scene that they used more than once in the film, and I guess it's a new bit of little technology, but Buzz is looking through his glass um, bubble, his face mask, and he's look, surveying the alien world he's on. But you can see just a very faint trace of his face reflected in that glass towards him. And later on, they use it with somebody else when they're looking out into space. The Their face is lit a little brighter than the outside so you get that that half reflection that you usually get in mirrors and windows and things like that really great effect so realistic i mean the whole thing the the colors in 4k dolby vision hdr movie it's just spectacular it's a home video showcase and for that reason alone i'm glad i own it great surround sound mix too a little louder than typical disney movies have been lately i'm still had to turn it up a little bit but i don't know why that's a big issue for some people well, the, the the last Disney movie and the Marvel movies are like 4 dB lower than everything else I watch. Okay, so turn your volume up 4 dB. It's not a whole lot of dBs there. Anyway, um, yeah, I've noticed it too, but I know people who master things at lower levels to give them more headroom and things like that. So, you know, say what you will, but they don't put it out the way you want. Oh, well, it's still pretty oleophile quality, quality given my system anyway. So you've got a basic science fiction movie with a little uh, 
you know, almost that Indiana Jones exploration discovery kind of stuff going on. There's eventually a bad guy and an army of robots and some big action scenes and they've got laser swords and blasters and, but it was really about the characters and I'm not going to get into spoilers. The, the movie opens with them accidentally crash landing on a planet, on a planet. Um, Buzz Lightyear kind of screwed up a little bit and they need to, build a little base and work on it. And hopefully in a year or two, they can get off the planet. Right. So that's the, the setup of the movie. Then, and the planet is not real friendly to human life. There's tentacles that pop out and suck people underground. There's flying insects and things like that, that want to eat people. Um, so they build a base to try and have a life. And he is, you know, his mission is to perfect the fuel so they can get off and, and go back into hyperspace and go home. And that's the, the how the movie starts. So through the, the, the test flights, it, the time dilation starts happening. He's moving forward in years. And this is where we're introduced to characters aging and things. And about a third, almost halfway through the movie, there's some pretty emotional stuff that goes on. And I got to say, in the first 20 minutes, I thought it was entertaining and it was fun to look at. So I was enjoying the movie. But when we got to that, about you know 45 minutes into the movie, I almost shed a tear. I, I was getting into the characters. I found myself shocked, especially with all I had heard about the movie. So, you know, the storyline continues. It plays out in a lot of conventional ways. There's not a whole lot of surprises, but it's really smart with the funny stuff. It's not too funny. It's not like a 100% comedy. They have to learn some things. Some people have to learn to work together. All that typical stuff that's in a Disney Pixar movie a lot. Um, there's, there is some, um, you know, Emotional heft to it, some story arcs, some creative jokes. Um, I thought the cat was great. Socks, there's a robot cat that's introduced. He, he's really funny. Pixar's got it down to a science now. And sure, you could say that it's, it's, not, it's not top tier, like the, the great um, creative lengths they went to and things like uh, Soul and Inside Out and things like that. But that's not what they were trying to do. And why do we hold movies up to previous movies like that all the time? Pixar has not tried to make just a serious sci-fi movie because it's kind of serious. I mean, yeah, it, it's not as jokey as like the Toy Story movies. It, it ha- does have some seriousness to it. And everybody goes through some character arcs, including Buzz Lightyear. I like the ending. I like how it ends up. There are three after credit scenes. There's one all the way at the very end after the Pixar and Disney logos. So don't miss that one. It's very short, but it's worthy. Um, thank you, Marvel, I guess. <laughs> For now we have uh, after credit scenes on just about all movies. It's not such a bad thing. They were good. They were entertaining. All in all, I was more entertained with this because I guess I went in with lower expectations. And... Again, as a movie reviewer, as someone who loves movies, I try and sit down in the dark and not have too many expectations on a movie. It's hard when it's something like Dune or Lord of the Rings or a new Star Wars movie or Star Trek or whatever, something I'm really into or John Wick or a Marvel. It's hard to sit down and not compare it to 20, 30 other movies and my favorite things and all that kind of stuff. But on the flip side, you know, I try to put all that aside and just take the movie on its face value. And I got to say, you know, I had gotten to the point with this movie that I wasn't going to look at it as, oh man, this has to be good. This has to be as good as all the Toy Story movies, right? I wasn't even thinking that way. I'm like, well, everybody's disappointed in it. Yeah, Hopefully it's worth owning. Well, boy, was it. 
Great picture, great surround sound, and an interesting story that I would watch more than once because it's, well, it's an entertaining ride. Like any good science fiction movie that's that's ever been made. It's, it's a good ride. It's a good story. Um, take the Pixar out of it. Take the Disney out of it. Take the Toy Story out of it. It's a fine story. You know, it's fine. Why do we complain about stuff like this if it doesn't match up to our expectations of what a movie should achieve? So whether or not Tim Allen was in the movie, I don't think that matters. Tim Allen's a little older now. Um, he wouldn't have sounded the same. It's There's something that happens in the movie where they could have brought him back. That would have been good, but I get why they didn't. There's a lot of history there, and you know, I don't know what his deal is with the Mouse House these days. Chris Evans does a fantastic job of playing the role. Um, he's not trying to be the Tim Allen voice. He's trying to be Buzz Lightyear, and he was good. Taika plays a, a, a funny character, mostly for comic timing, and he's got incredible comic timing. Um, some of the other actors, actresses, um, Kiki Palmer was great in the movie. Peter Son is great as the cat. Um, even the director, Angus McLean, he's a voice of a couple characters in the movie. I think it's better, you know, than... Not Rotten Tomatoes, it's 75%. That's probably where I'd give it. Three out of four stars, you know, something like that. I think it's better than Metacritic says, but that's usually kind of down. IMDb also. Surprised that Google users don't like it more. So let's get to that, uh, what everybody was talking about. His superior is an African-American woman who we are led to believe is a lesbian through a, a very natural conversation. She goes, I'm engaged. And he goes, well, I'd like to meet her. And, then, and that's just kind of how it's not a big deal. And so there's a scene later when he comes back and it's a few years later and, and they're married and they're older and there's a scene where they kind of kiss or whatever and they've got a kid and all that kind of stuff. I thought to myself, because I knew the controversy going into it, is this controversial? Would this be controversial? Would it be controversial if this were a heterosexual couple? No. Matter of fact, I think I've seen heterosexual couples kiss in Disney movies. So this is only controversial to somebody who doesn't want to see that. And I, I don't care. It was presented as a very normal family. Um... And I can't get into spoilers about what happens with the, the situation, the relationship, but I didn't think it was gratuitous. I didn't think it was forced. I didn't, you know, I didn't really think about it. Um, when it first happens, it's like, oh, you know, did this need to be in here? But then how it's used in the film, it's part of the story and it makes sense. And it's, it, it, if it were, a, you know, if it were a man and woman, it would have played out the same way. So. I don't think it was gratuitous. I don't think it was forced. Um, there's plenty of other relationships in the in the movie to to lock on to. I you know I didn't think about it after it happened. Boom, wasn't a big deal. Don't know why anybody would make it a big deal. Don't know why anybody compares it to Toy Story movies. It's not trying to be. Doesn't look like one. Sound like one. Play like one. Feel like one. Everybody wait. Well, should why? He wasn't in. This is not the Buzz Lightyear toy. He was always. Da -da -da. You know, this is a real dude. This is a dude they've fleshed out, which kind of minimizes the character in a certain extent. He's not a superhero, but it makes for a better movie. I don't think there's anything controversial about it. I think it, it, if there's any controversy to it, it could have gone a little deeper. It could have been a little more elevated or whatever. But I think it's fine. for. I think it is exactly what they shot for. An exciting, action-packed sci-fi story with some good characters, good character arcs. And a story that resolves in a, in a way that might teach us a couple of lessons and make us feel better about being humans. Is that such a bad thing? So, wasn't the end-all, be-all best movie of the year, but man, 
I don't I don't get the hate out there and it should have made more money. It's a spectacular looking film. Um it, they left it open for something else to happen in that universe. You know, I, I would like to see a, a sequel and maybe a trilogy of movies about this character and, and where they are and what they do and, and how they go forward from here. Like I said, the, the special effects, the animation, the, the, the technology, NASA worked on this. They had mathematicians work on the math. I mean, it's, it, it's solid flick as far as sci-fi goes. Um, and some of the things they work into from the Toy Story universe, there's only a few things that are connective tissue, but it's really well done. And I laughed out loud in a lot of the movie. At the, like I said, first 20 minutes, first 19 point something, because I paused it to answer a phone call. I, I said to the caller, it's, it's humorous. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. And that was about all I had to say of it. But as soon as I got back into it, I was laughing. I was, I even got tense at a few things. I'm watching an animated movie and I got tense about the characters. Hmm. How weird. Maybe it just hit me right. I don't know. But I, I like Lightly Year a lot better than I expected. And I love when that happens when I watch a movie, especially one that other people didn't like. So you give it a shot. You tell me. It's not Toy Story. It's not trying to be Toy Story. It's trying to be a real movie about a real character that the Toy Story toy was made from. Pretty simple for me. And I thought they did a pretty good job with it. Yes, they could do a lot more. And I think they will if, if for some reason. Obviously didn't make enough money to generate a sequel, but we'll see. It was, when it hit home video, the number one most watched movie across all of the streaming platforms for a week or two, and it was in the top 10 for a long time. So people waited to watch it at home. A lot of people have seen the movie. That's usually enough these days to maybe get a sequel made. If they can greenlight a script, that would probably bring more people to the party. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't have the... I've grown up watching the Toy Story movies. I own all the Toy Story movies. Three and four wrecked me as an adult male. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I tears and um, I didn't expect that in this movie and I didn't, you know, didn't really get that. But yeah, there was a couple scenes that touched me and I was into the characters. And what better could I say about an animated film from Pixar Disney? Check out Lightyear if you get a chance. I'd give it three out of four stars if I had a rating system. I, I enjoyed it. Scott Hamilton, I'm Rockfile. The 4K is worth picking up. And if the Steelbook's still in, uh, in, in stock, pick up one of those before they're gone. It's pretty cool. Um, check out my links below. Uh, oh, fighting with Patreon to get back in there and, and restructure the thing. And they can't even answer some tech support questions. Anyway, long story short, watch below for the links on whatever you are listening to this podcast on. YouTube is doing real well right now. If you're not over there, you should be because there's some video stuff coming too. Thank you very much for listening. Have a spectacular day.